goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. Welcome to your Monday Rush Hour. If you would like to be part of the program today, 800-848-WABC is the telephone number to dial, 800-848-9222. I guess there's nothing much to say about it beyond what you already know. Again. Another one of these shootings again. You're at the top of the hour news here on WABC, and we will keep you posted as events move. That in Nashville, Tennessee, three children, three adult staff members were killed. This time, uh, which doesn't usually fit the profile, it was a woman a 28-year-old woman whose name has not yet been released, came in through a side entrance. She was killed by police. That brings the total death total of this event to seven people. 10.13 in the morning, this first shots rang out. By 10.27, she was dead. There was another police officer that was injured by cut glass. This is not a large school, not a school with thousands of students. 209 students were in school at the time, according to press reports. And the usual. Joe Biden, after first making a joke about coming down for ice cream, said that the person had two AK, uh, AR-15s, and I don't think that has been proven. In fact, there were reports on social media that that was not the case, but then there were other stories that said she did have two assault weapons and some something else. No one knows how she got in yet. Doors to the school like Karine Jompia, arguably one of the worst press secretaries in American history, Use the occasion to blame Republicans, as they usually do. Republicans haven't, you see, come up with the votes for an assault weapons ban. And she wanted to know, and it was a very obscene statement to make right in the face of this, how many children have to be murdered before Republicans come on board as if an assault weapons ban would have stopped this. 
The law doesn't stop people who break the law. Now, I'm not going to argue the merits of an assault weapons ban or not. It all depends on, too, what you call an assault weapon. On today's program, don't forget Naomi Wolf, Dr. Naomi Wolf, will be joining us. She has a huge following. Dr. Wolf went from being a celebrated member of the elite left to now being called a conspiracy theorist by some of them because of her views on COVID. One of the things that I would like to ask Dr. Wolf today is to talk about her book, The Bodies of Others. And this is a catch-up call with her. If you have not heard this, I'm curious to think what you think about it. State legislation, this is from the Daily BS. There are two bills, one in Detroit and one in Vermont, that are looking to remove the right of Catholic priests to withhold information given to them during confessions. Specifically when it comes to children child abuse. And of course, you don't even have to ask which party this originates from. But it used to be In fact, there have been any number of movies over the last few decades about the tension that comes when priests refuse to divulge information that has been imparted to them during a confession. And now, in spite of the First Amendment in this country, in our Constitution, which guarantees religious freedoms and religious liberties not just to the people of the United States, but to those who practice, who are in the quote-unquote, not meant pejoratively, business of religion. They, too, have First Amendment rights. But Democrats now want to pierce the shield of secrecy that has for as long as anyone can remember been a part of the Catholic Church doctrines. This doesn't even make front page news. Houston, you have a problem. Houston, you have a problem. Representative Sheila Jackson Lee has announced that she is running to become mayor of Houston. If this woman ever gets near the mayor's office other than for a visit, Houston, your problems are just, will have just begun. Now, she doesn't have to give up her congressional seat. 
so she can afford to hedge her bets here. If the people of Houston are smart, they will avoid this problem like the plague. Other school news, you may recall, ladies and gentlemen, that a few weeks ago we talked about the city of Baltimore. Baltimore, with 2,000 students taking a math exam, had a perfect score. And that rarely happens. A perfect zero, the number of students who were proficient in math at grade level in Baltimore. None, not one of the 2,000 who took the exam could, was proficient enough to pass a math test on grade level. Now comes this from Michigan. Only 5%. Only 5% of Detroit's 8th graders can read at proficient level. In other words, 95% of the children, 1 out of every 20 of the students that attend Detroit public schools in the eighth grade, can read at grade level. One out of 20. Now, what is Detroit, what has Michigan been in the news for? Well, Michigan just repealed the right to work laws that were enacted there in 2012. And so now, thank you, Governor Whitmer, and Democrats, they can force you to join the teachers' union, where you will be forced to pay dues and you will be forced to hand over your money so that they can in turn hand the money to Democrats to run for office, and in turn, when the Democrats get office, they can take the money, use it for elections, and then give Detroit teachers whopping salaries and whopping payouts. Detroit consistently scores lowest among urban districts in every test of reading and math it has since 2009. Perennial last place finishers. And yet, Detroit teachers, administrators, schools are all richly funded. The district has received more money per student compared to the state and national average since 1994. So the teachers make out, there's plenty of money to dish out. The administrators make out, there's plenty of money to dish out. Everybody makes money, the kids fail, and again, who cares? It's only the children. 
in Minnesota. Ladies and gentlemen, Democrats have advanced a bill that would strip parents of the custody of their children if, 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 if the parents object to happy birthday, Curtis Sliwa. You know, Curtis, let me say this in all seriousness to you, Curtis Lewa. You have spent, I saw the pictures that of you today, all on social media, when you were in your, it looked like still a teenager. And you have spent your entire adult life trying to make sure that people can stay safe. Not just here in New York City, but your mission has spread worldwide. And I don't know whether you will ever get the thanks that you deserve, because what you do and what you have done means that there are people who don't even realize that their lives in some cases have been saved or they have been saved serious injury because of things that you and the brave men and women that work with you have been able to prevent. And I don't think there will ever be enough ways for people to thank you for what you have done for New York City, what you have done for cities around this country, and what you've done for cities around the world. And I just want to take the occasion to say, and all we, we can joke about a lot of things, Curtis, but one thing I will never, ever joke at, you are a man of immense character, and this country and this world owes you a tremendous gratitude of debt. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and that, uh, I won't mention that Sly and the Family Stone are much better than Earth, Wind, and Fire with the passing of Larry Graham. I, I don't want to uh, go, go down that road on this day. Larry, I, for Curtis, I've been so busy, I didn't even hear that Larry Graham had passed. Are you kidding me? I believe so, yes. Oh, no. Hmm. Well, you know, we're all getting up there. As we, as, up we, there. as we read the obituaries every day, some of them supersede expectations now. They're in their 90s and still functioning. Uh, but others, unfortunately, um, are in the hereafter. But I want to thank you especially, Bo, because you've been there from day one with Rush Limbaugh, who was our number one supporter. I will never forget, uh, after I was shot five times and I couldn't walk around, Rush took it upon himself to get a Cherokee Jeep specifically for the Guardian Angels to move and move me around the city because I was still under potential attack. And um, I have so much to be grateful f- to you, to Rush, and to everybody who was part of the Rush broadcast back then when nobody would come to my aid. Nobody. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, Curtis, you deserve so much. And like I said, you know, um, the, the thing about it is there are people, I, it's hard to quantify that. We don't know, Curtis. I guarantee you this, though. Without you, the world would be a much worse place than it is today. And my friend, not too, there are not many of us that that can be said about, you know, that, that because of what you've done with your life, you've made the world a better place. Oh, thank you. And uh, hopefully one day when I have a tombstone, if I could afford it then, it'll say, he died, he tried. <laughs> he died, right he tried. On. But at this rate, with all the uh, exes out there and the child support, I think I'm going to be buried in a cardboard box out in uh, Potter's Island. Well, hey, at least nobody will be fussing. That's for sure. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you, Curtis. Thank you. James Golden, A.K. Snelly. We're coming back. WABC Talk Radio 77. It's Monday morning. It's our Monday afternoon rush hour. Back. And remember, Dr. Naomi Wolf is coming up. Your call is coming up after this. Like a fool, I went and stayed too long. I'm wondering if your love's still strong. Ooh, baby. Here I am. Signed, sealed, delivered. I'm yours. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rush Hour is on the air. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Entertaining and informative. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on the air. 77 WABC. Bob says uh, something's going on at the uh, George Washington Bridge. And Bob, you going to try to find out what it is? Is that what you say, Bob? Huh? Going to try to find out what's going on at the George Washington Bridge. Bridge. I only have. Hey James, how are you? I'm sorry, I was. Uh, That's okay. I just have one gears. question for you. Yes. Yeah. Before I... you switch, you said something's going on at the George Washington oh, Bridge. Oh, sixty to it... seventy on the upper, uh, lower forty to fifty. So you're talking uh, over an hour. So something's going on. I was about to call when you just called me in. So I was about to call our uh, people out on the road to see what's going on. Okay. Don't... Can you can you call Chris Christie's office and see where he is? Oh, okay. Uh, should should I? Uh, just, is it somewhere in the Fort Lee area that I? I, I don't. Uh, I'm just. I'm just asking. I'm just suggesting. Hey, by the way, now that I have you here, uh, yes. you that was nice. Uh, what tribute about what you said about Curtis? And uh, you know, I was just reading yesterday. He mentioned Potter's Field. It's they're going to be turning that into a public park. Did you know that? You can go out. So they are. So we can all go to, out and visit Curtis someday. You can <laughs> all. You can go to a park over people's. Yes, grave. There, it was in the Times. Uh, uh-huh. There's plans to turn it into a parks to go. Let out to, me um, put that on the list of places that I will never <laughs> visit. Sad Thank you. Anyway, so there's your update on that. Okay, I I'm going to try to. Bob. I'm, I'm going to get you an update on the bridge. Okay. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate you. All right, so listen, uh, there is a story today in the New York Times. Remember, Dr. Naomi Wolf is coming up with us, and we have calls. We are going to take your calls uh, as quickly as we can. 
Uh, there's a story in the New York Times today, the old gray lady. Are we actually arguing about whether 14-year-olds should work in meatpacking plants? Sarah Huckabee Sanders has asked in Arkansas to relax the standards for teenagers working, and they claim that this will allow youngsters to work in meatpacking plants and other dangerous jobs, not in Arkansas, but in Iowa. That's another one. And there are training programs that allow 16- and 17-year-olds to take jobs at construction sites in Minnesota, that bill is underway. And so now you have, what did we just hear? We just heard that in Michigan, 95% of the kids going to school in the eighth grade, and that's, by the way, the same age we're talking about here, cannot read. In Baltimore, we know they can't do math. Yet. Now you have liberals whining that 14- and 15-year-olds might actually work. I remember being 14 and being ready to work, at least part-time. And I did. In New York, we used to have what you call, you have to go get your working papers. You had to prove you were healthy, and then uh, whatever bureaucracy gave you a document that said you could be hired part-time. Why shouldn't 14-year-olds work? Why shouldn't 15-year-olds work? What is this coddling, this continued coddling of children? Now, I'm not saying they should be abused. I'm not saying that their schedule shouldn't be regulated to make sure that they're not putting in 80-hour weeks and so forth. Of course, there needs to be some supervision with it. But the very idea that there's something wrong and this disbelief, are we actually arguing about whether 14-year-olds should work in meatpacking plants? Well, hey, New York Times, are we actually arguing whether doctors should be mutilating 14-year-olds and younger so that they can take part in whatever weird sexual fantasies you people on the left have? Are we actually arguing? whether 14-year-olds should be mandated to take vaccines, that they have a greater risk of injury from, rather, at least according to certain statistics, not a doctor, just information that I've read. We can argue about a lot of things about 14-year-olds, but... Why should we be arguing whether it's okay for certain 14-year-olds to work? We should be glad that some 14-year-olds and 15-year-olds want to get a job somewhere instead of just laying up, collecting handouts from mommy and daddy. It's called industriousness. This might surprise you people at the Washington Times, at the Washington, I'm sorry, the New York Times, but there are some children who actually want to start working when they're still Single-digit age, you know, like the old lemonade stand or trying to help around and earn money. There are children who are almost born entrepreneurs. But you wouldn't know that. You just know about trying to coddle kids so they can be mutilated without their parents' consent, right? 
James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, WABC Talk Radio 77. Dr. Naomi Wolf coming up. Your call is coming up. It's Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. Don't go away. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurley on the Red Apple Podcast Network. On WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York. Most Snurley's Rush Hour. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, here with you this afternoon. And we are so very pleased to have with us, again, her brilliance cannot be overstated. She is incredibly brilliant. And some of her books have changed the discussion of culture in America, like back in ninety. 90- 1991, The Beauty Myth, and she has been, you've been Naomi Wolf, Dr. Naomi Wolf, you have been ahead of the curve on so many, so many issues, even when people disagreed with you, like I, there were years where I just disagreed with some of the things that you said, but always respected the fact that I thought you were one of the most brilliant people I've ever heard, and you still are. Well, that's very kind of you. Thank you very much. Uh, you, th- you've, you've made my evening. No, one, <laughs> no one's been that uh, affirming for a little while, so I appreciate that. Well, you have been, and you and you continue to be. Of course, I know that right now you're being slandered. It's easier to try to dismiss you with some kind of conspiracy theorist and all that. But let me tell you what. When people hear that you're coming on this show, they are excited because they know that they're going to get from you information that they cannot get anywhere else. And I just want to—today I want you to talk about your book. The last time we were here, we talked about uh, some of the things going on with COVID. But you have a book out, The Body of Others. Before we, I ask you about your book, though, I want to ask you about two things. Mm-hmm. The Department yeah. of Justice, I read last week, is trying to protect Moderna from mm-hmm. lawsuits. Moderna mm-hmm. apparently is in the midst of patent infringement lawsuits, and the Department of Justice is very quietly trying to assume the liability for. Moderna. They should not be held liable. So American taxpayers would end up paying if Uh. indeed Moderna wins the suit. That's number one. Mm -hmm. Then last week, two weeks ago, more information. Now, these are the people, by the way, that don't mind slandering you as a conspiracy theorist. But Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, a few weeks ago, we hear, oh, well, you know, never mind the bats that were hanging in the alleged wet market that never existed. In Wuhan, um, it was a raccoon dog. That's where the COVID got started. A raccoon dog. Of course, yeah. Well, do you want me to just jump right in and uh, jump right in? <laughs> yeah, they're great examples. Um, so to start with Moderna, you know, look who is in bed with whom, right? I mean, this is our government trying to protect a company that had never had a successful product that appeared, you know, fully formed with COVID rolling out um, maybe from a lab leak uh, in 2020. And they raced to the market with an mRNA injection that has turned out to be, you know, murderously dangerous. Uh, and, and really uh, what the rollout of it amounts to, in my view, the greatest crime against humanity ever, and I'm the granddaughter of someone who lost nine brothers and sisters in the Holocaust, so I I don't say that lightly, but just numerically. 
Um, you know, we've found with our new book, which is uh, the Pfizer Documents Analysis book, um, our 3,500 scientific and medical experts have found that uh, their Pfizer documents, but it's the same ingredients in Moderna, it's the same technology, the mRNA injections. We found, you know, not only thousands of deaths, but industrial scale strokes, hemorrhages, blood clots, lung clots. We found that they knew the injection would harm the hearts of young, healthy young adults and minors. Um, we found this 360 degree attack on human reproduction, making it um, rendering people infertile, basically rendering, rendering breast milk poisonous, uh, damaging, you know, the placenta, damaging um, women's ovaries and so on and so on. But where I'm going with this is rather than the government, which underwrote this, right, which wrote blank checks to Moderna and Pfizer, billion dollar checks for a rollout. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details of something that the government claimed along with these companies was safe and effective, and they knew perfectly well that it wasn't, right, that it was dangerous and ineffective. Um, we found in the Pfizer documents that a month after rollout, Pfizer concluded the vaccines didn't work, right? They didn't tell us that. Uh, but the, the government is not um, siding with us citizens and saying, oh, you just took a billion dollars of our tax money for this dangerous product, give it back. We're suing you. They're aligning with the perpetrators uh, to protect them from citizens' lawsuits. And not only that, but also in the last few weeks, uh, news has emerged and evidence has emerged that, I mean, Stefan Bonsell, the CEO of Moderna, said that he'd given a $400 million check at Christmas to NIH for royalties. And as I've pointed out, you know, RFK Jr. pointed out in his book that uh, Dr. Fauci has eight patents, and his wife runs the you know ethics board for those for those injections and those uh, those processes, and, and is no doubt rubber stamping them. But he's getting royalties right for um, for for whatever this royalty payment represents, and his colleagues are as well. And that's just one $400 million check that we know about. It could be quarterly. It could be, you know, every month. We, we literally don't know. So basically, um, these companies are in bed with the NIH. The NIH, you know, funded the research that was being done in the Wuhan lab that then leaked. The NIH, Dr. Fauci, covered up or tried to cover up criticism of the lockdowns, they smeared um, Dr. Collins, Dr. Fauci smeared the Great Barrington Declaration signatories, respected scientists, Dr. Bhattacharya, Dr. Kuldorf. Um, those emails came out at the NIH, suppressed uh, alternative treatments that have, would have saved lives like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and other alternative treatments. Um, and they were, you know, invested along with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, along with um, you know, big tech, surprisingly, and the World Economic Forum in the vaccines. So it's a, it's like it, the, the the circle, you can call me a conspiracy theorist or Wikipedia does, but this is a conspiracy, right? This is literally the definition of people working um, with each other 
outside of public scrutiny to bring about a certain outcome. And the the outcome is is clear. Uh, you know, athletes are dropping dead. Uh, young, healthy adult men are dropping dead. Um, you know, they're, they're, I think we've reached like 17,000 deaths um, in the last few months on VAERS. Um, we, the, the damage we've seen there, you know, in, in the Pfizer documents of strokes and kidney failure, liver failure, everybody knows somebody who's suffering with a turbo cancer or heart damage. Um, things they don't even know are vaccine-related, but we've seen the abundant documentation that they're vaccine-related. Joint pain, number two side effect. Um, I mean, I just can't even describe the damage to human beings. And we're only, you know, it's the tip of the iceberg. There are a million missing babies in Europe this year because um, we broke the story, but Igor Chudov has compared all the government databases and has found a 13 to 20 percent drop in live live births. And for sure, you can tell from the Pfizer documents that this was intentional. There's this creepy, creepy focus on infertility and ruining women's menstrual cycles and you know, ruining men's sperm count, ruining, you know, degrading the testes, which is what happens with the lipid nanoparticles. So it's a massive crime against humanity. And, you know, our government, which brought it about, our administration for whom I voted, I'm embarrassed to say, which is in bed with China, right? They are the ones who are protecting um, the perpetrators instead of bringing them to justice. When we played Dr. Rand Paul questioning one of the heads of Moderna, and he asked him about these, and the doctor denied that there was a really strong case to make for some of the deaths that are occurring in, in some of these young men. Then mm-hmm. Dr. Rand Paul revealed, well, wait a minute. I talked to the president of your company. Yeah. And he said, and he admitted that that was the case. The guy <sighs> sitting right in front of Congress line, he also asked him about the $400 million payment and asked mm-hmm. him, is it ethical to have a $400 million payment being made to the same government that then mandates that people should take this particular a medicine, and he refused to give a yes or a no answer on that one. Now, Dr. Mm-hmm. Fauci has hid before, and, and let me say this to you. I have been treated at NIH, and mm-hmm. the work ethic among the people, the mm-hmm. working people at NIH, delivered the most incredible health care I had ever had in my life, and I will always be a fan of those people. And I have to say that to say that doesn't mean I'm in support of what has happened at the Mm -hmm. top of the organization. The Mm -hmm. very idea that NIH can have royalty payments that are hidden from the public. And Dr. Fauci is very adamant that the public, this is none of your business. I don't understand how that's allowed to stand with the sunshine laws that we have that he's allowed or, or top management at NIH is allowed to take royalty payments and not disclose how they are, what those payments exactly are for. I don't understand that. Well, you're right not to understand it because it's illegal. Um, all government records belong to the people. That I mean, I, I my second to latest essay on Substack has a National Archives link that says exactly that. They By law, these records belong to us. So no, they can't say it's none of your business. They can't say we're not going to show you. And, you know, my criticism, if any, of Dr. Paul, who's been, you know, pretty good on this stuff, 
relatively speaking, is he, you know, it's his government now. They're in the majority in the House. They should have demanded, you know, the bookkeeping, the contract for those royalties, and they should, he should have had that in his hand before that hearing, you know, even began, in my view. Like up to $150,000 a year per patent. Right. You do the math. Dr. Fauci has eight patents. And, you know, Stefan Bancel said, oh, they, you know, the, the information was useful to us in putting together COVID, you know, injections. Well, OK, you can say that about anything. Right. You can say that about any intellectual property. And then, you know, someone's making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, you know, if not more. So so we we need to know. The other thing I pointed out earlier is royalties. Right. Royalties are a percentage of a unit sold, right? So this, what are these units sold, right? What, royalties of what? To, you have to sell a billion dollars worth of something to generate royalties of 400,000 because usually royalties are 10 or a billion point five because usually royalties are 10 or 15%. So it's a gigantic uh, red flag. And I'm glad that it came up in a hearing, but this is literally the tip of the iceberg and there should have been, you know, tremendous follow-up subsequent to that Um, well there's no interest there is no interest in this at all and what 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 members of the mainstream press i believe are hoping is that there is so much fatigue around this pandemic people just want it all to go away we don't have to look at it we don't have to investigate and that points to your role in all of this because if it were not for you if we're not these pfizer documents if we were not for your works your continued prolific work trying to bring the truth to people this this may very well all be swept under the rug. And so you're yeah. doing a tremendous service to try to keep people's attention focused on the nature of this scandal. Well, look, lives are still at stake. It's not over for our young adults in college. You know, it's not over. I mean, our, our young men and women in the military, you know, they are not allowed to go back to West Point unless they have the bivalent injection. Same with Yale. Same with, you know, so like a thousand colleges are still mandating this bivalent booster tested on eight mice, right? And these are young adults who are at far greater risk from myocarditis or infertility in the case of women, young women, you know, than they are from COVID, which doesn't even barely exist anymore as a, a serious health threat. But leaving that aside, these should be personal choices. But there, you know, there are still lives at stake. I mean, we have to we have to keep bringing the truth forward. People, people, I get emails every day from people saying, you know, my my elderly mom is in a nursing home. They want to keep injecting her, and you know, they're not letting me intervene. Um, so people have to get the word out uh, to their loved ones, you know, right away. Um, and, and that's why we're really relieved that the reports are in a paperback format now. It just came out on Kindle, um, but you should order it. And you, it's called the War Room Daily Cloud Pfizer Documents Research Reports. And you can then physically give it to, you know, your loved ones, to your doctor, to your representative, um, and only by people seeing, you know, what was really done to them. Uh, will they be able, hopefully, to get proper treatments, you know, for, to cure themselves of this damage and also to save their loved ones from, you know, and change these policies? Because, again, it's not over. There are some, some countries where you can't travel without a, a vaccine mandate still. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I beg your pardon. No, that's it. That's the time that we have. I have to get, sadly, to a commercial break. But we're going to ask you to keep coming back. And Thanks. you're going to ask you to keep coming back and coming back because this story <laughs> 
has to continue to be told, and you are developing new information all the time. Again, the name of the book, and where can people find it? Thank you. It's the War Room Daily Cloud Pfizer Documents Analysis Report, and it's on Amazon. Please order it on Amazon, um, or it's on dailyclout.io. And, yeah, you can follow me there as well and on Substack, and I'm really grateful for you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Wolf. Dr. Naomi Wolf. Ladies and gentlemen, we're coming back. James Golden, a.k.a. Sternley, Bo Sternley's Rush Hour, back with your calls right after this. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Bobby in Verona, New Jersey, you're on WABC. Bo Snurdly's Rush Hour. How are you, Bobby? I'm doing well, Bo. I, you know, I really got my guff before. I wasn't quite sure where you were going with the whole, you know, the slave labor and the kids. I mean, I was 12 years old. I had a paper route. And my older brothers didn't feel like doing it anymore because, you know, whatever. <laughs> on the, on, if I wasn't playing a sport, I was pumping gas after school. I was working at the car wash. <laughs> By 17, I was humping lumber and, and, and becoming a framer at 17. But what did, I mean, and in the middle of that, I earned a million trophies. Not a million. I, I learned, you know, earned a bunch of trophies the right way. And, like, what, what are we doing with these kids these days? This is what. This you is think about it. Look, like, we, wanted... we had a story that we talked about last week. So you look at the stories that we, we've covered, okay? There are kids that are not reading at grade level, 95% of them in Detroit, 0% doing math at grade level. There was a story last week that there is now an Adderall shortage in the United States, and because of that, kids are misbehaving and not learning. And anyone says, my goodness, what is this? We have a drug shortage. No one is saying, why do we have to drug these kids so that they can perform well? That doesn't even come up. It's just, oh, too bad. We have a drug shortage, and now the kids are misbehaving. Now we get this article complaining that 14-year-olds work. Some of them have to work. Now, we, we don't want slave labor. I know that. But like you said, what is wrong with working? Why are we coddling these kids so much? What, they're not supposed to work until they're 20, 21? You know, on Saturday hey, night, I, I, huh? No, go ahead. Well, you you no, get no, the last I, word I, on I, that. I learned, I learned it out in the real world. I mean, it's not like if you send in a kid at, the four, at 14 years old to make a few bucks and, and learn how to be a gentleman, and that's not keeping them from learning how to read. And You know what I mean? So you can't even blame it on that. You know what right. I mean? It's, it's not slave labor. I mean, you don't talk about slave labor. Out those little kids out there digging for cobalt for our, our electric batteries and stuff at that eight years old. I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. I, I that was I, I lived a very well-rounded life. I dare I say in Lily White, West Essex County, in Cedar Grove, and, and well, I grew up in Cedar Grove, but when I say, and you know, I worked. You worked. I couldn't I, agree. Bobby, I couldn't agree with you more. Working builds character. It used to be considered a good thing in this country. Jerry, thank you for the call, Bobby. Jerry in New Jersey, you're up next. James Golden, the only man who will play Stanley Clark as an intro. I love you, man. Thank you so much for the good music. Thank you. And the talk. Uh, once I'm going to reiterate what that gentleman just said about doing work in grammar school. Uh, had 
my brother had paper route. I couldn't wait to get a paper route. It, we lived in a pretty rough area in Jersey City, uh, and I had my paper stolen a couple of different times. But you know what? We plowed through it. You took it as it came, and you learned a lot of lessons. And I think the biggest lesson you learned was to be uh, self-sufficient, be able to help out your family a little bit, um, and contribute to a family of, of five siblings. And it's a, it's a great thing. And if kids don't do it, and if, if they don't get involved in sports, and if they don't get involved in school bands and things where they can interact with one another, they're, they're really going to be stymied. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You know, you raised something amazing. I remember when uh, the summer that I finally, I think I must have been 16, got what I called a job that paid a lot of money. And I was bringing home maybe 300 bucks a week. And it was working for the New York City Housing Authority. And I had to do all kinds of dirty, dirty work, including going with hip boots into where the toilets had overflowed in a huge building. It was not pleasant work. But you know what? I came home after I got my first check. And that first check, to me, it was more money than I had ever earned up until that point in my life. And the first thing I did after I cashed that check I came home and I gave my mom some money. I said, Mom, here's some money. Well, what? Because I live here, and thank you. And I'm going to tell you something. The pride that you, the, that pride that I felt with that, I will never forget that. And, her, and the look on her face, like, it was like, yeah, yeah, I, I did good with this one. And for all the moments that I caused her misery, like, what in the hell did I have this one for? Because there were a few of those moments. That was the moment that I will never forget. So and you t- kids and work is a good thing. We'll be back tomorrow, God willing, for Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. Mark Stein Day tomorrow. And Glenn Beck coming up later this week, as well as Cat Turd. All on Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you and your families. Thank you for being with us today. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.